0: So I wanted to do something a little bit different, um, even from what I had planned. So I've asked Albert just to, if we can all just close our eyes, and he's just going to sing over us briefly, because there's, there's something that God wants to do this morning, and I desperately don't want to miss it. So yeah, so just close your eyes and just... Yeah, just follow. morning I had a plan it's always good to have a plan when somebody asks you to come and preach but it's quite common for me in my personal walk with Jesus that whenever I'm asked to preach I never get to the pulpit normally on my face somewhere or or something happens and the Spirit breaks in and it and it happened this morning again and I just don't want to miss that but it happened in the prayer meeting outside and then Albert and the team start singing, and it happened again, and then the prophetic words came, and, and nobody, I don't think any, unless Ryan's been running around like a crazy person telling everybody my scriptures, nobody here knows what, what God asked me to preach about this morning. He shook his head, so I believe you, I believe you. <laughs> but I felt God say to me, this morning, I want to do a prophetic celebration of the new covenant, that we get to see God face to face, and they didn't know that, and um, yeah, so before I get into that, and I'm not going to start my timer yet, because I felt something for you guys, that I just wanted to speak over you prophetically quickly, um, and I felt God saying, we, we arrived a bit early. We didn't know how long it was going to take us. There's that notorious right turn off just after Somerset West that you have to wait for the arrow forever. So we didn't know. So we arrived early. And we got here. And we, we drove down. We were sitting at the beach. And, um, and there were all these people running up and down on the beach. And I didn't know why they were running up and down on the beach. Because that's not what we're like in Milneton. In Milneton, we sleep in. And, um, and then in the prayer meeting, somebody said, there's no wind today. I think it was even Kate also mentioned as well. And I was like, okay, so that's why everybody's up. Because like, this is a rare day apparently. So first of all, thank you everybody for coming here and not there. <laughs> and then when we were in the prayer meeting, we were standing outside and there were all these ladies running up and down the hill. I was like, that's, that's amazing. That's such dedication. And then God said to me now during worship, he said, this here, where you guys are, this is the center of freedom. And the people running on the beach, and the people running up and down to the hill, and the people doing their motorbike rides are stuck in religion. They're stuck in something that they're doing because it's the right thing to do. But I felt like Jesus saying, you're not here because it's the right thing to do. You're here because this is freedom. And as we drove in, we, we, I don't know if this was the right way to go, it's the way Google took us, but we almost drove to Hermanus. And then at the last minute, we took like a right turn. Um, my son was watching the, the, the Google Maps, and he's like, "You're going to pull a U-turn?" I'm like, "I hope not. It's quite a narrow road." But anyway, we t- pulled the right turn, we came down the hill and went past the harbor. And I felt like God saying to me. The reason that this is freedom is because when the storms come, and they will come, when the chaos is circling around you like a hurricane, you don't move because you're anchored. And I didn't know about the prophetic words, but you're anchored to a rock. And there's a passage in Hebrews that talks about Jesus as our anchor. And I felt like God wanted to speak that over you, so for anybody here That is feeling weighed down by the expectation of God or religion or anything like that. Today, God speaks freedom over you. Because we're not here for burdens. We're here for freedom. And that freedom is that when the rest of the world is in chaos, you stay in the same place. You stay where Jesus is. And that's where he's got you. So that was a freebie, that was, not in, my, that was in my other notes, <laughs> but let me, let me get into what I felt God wanted to share this morning. And for those that are taking notes, and notes are a good thing, um, I, I, I didn't know what to call it, but what I've called it is, the veil is gone. You might want to call it, the tent is gone, or the veil is gone. And in Milneton, as an Eldership team and with the congregation as well, we've been talking recently about gazing upon Jesus. It's been a theme for us. And when I first kind of heard the phrase, we're going to spend this year gazing upon Jesus, it didn't sit well with me. There was something in me of like, no, that that sounds very brief and very shallow. So I went and Googled what gazing means. And it didn't mean at all what I thought it meant. And so the, the definition of gazing is to look steadily and intently, especially in admiration or thought. And so I was like, okay, So then, but I was thinking of the word glimpse or glance, but, but the Spirit has been saying to us, I want you to gaze upon God. I want you to spend time in His presence, just sitting there. You don't have to do anything. You know, you read about all the heroes of the faith in the Bible. I mean, if I, I went and looked at, we were talking about what do elders do recently, and I went and read up. And between Pentecost and the appointment of the deacons, all I could find was Peter preached once, then a bunch of people got beaten up, then Peter preached again, then a bunch of people got beaten up, and then the deacons were appointed. I'm not sure I still want to be an elder. (laughs) But they weren't, it wasn't that, it wasn't in the doing. And then they said to the church, they said, appoint other people because we just want to be with Jesus. And I think that's the call for all of us, just to be with Jesus. If we do, nothing else. If we achieve, nothing else. That's more than we've ever done before. It's just being with Jesus. And uh, so we can put up the first scripture. And that's out of the Psalms. So it's Psalm 16, 11. And this is one of my favorite Psalms. But it, there's a point here where it says, You make known to me the singular path of life. There's only one way. Jesus said that. I am the way. You make known to me the path of life. And in your presence, there is fullness of joy. There's another scripture I had, but we're not going to use it this morning. But it it talks about Paul being in jail, worshiping like we were just worshiping. And that's pretty challenging for me. Because it's easy to do it on a Sunday morning when you're surrounded by people who think like you, who act like you, who shout and jump up and down like you. I know this because whenever I go to a wedding, those same people stand like this because <laughs> they're surrounded by people that aren't doing that. It's easy to do it when you're amongst your people, but, but Paul was able to do it alone in jail, it says at midnight, which means it was pitch dark because they didn't have lights back then. But in that moment, it didn't matter what was going on around him because he was with his anchor, and so he had joy. And that is why soon after that, the jailer comes in and says, what's going on? And the jailer and his whole family get saved. Why? Not because Paul was having a good time and living the best life. He wasn't running up and down on the beach or running the hills or doing a breakfast ride. No, he was with his Savior. And that's what we're called to be. And so this morning, like I said, we want to talk about the veil I said the veil is gone, and so we can put up, we can put up the zoomed-out picture first. I never use photos; this is kind of fun for me, or pictures. So if you've never seen this before, that's okay, but this is an illustration, because you know Moses didn't have a, a camera on his phone. Um, <laughs> but this is an illustration of of what we understand, the tent, and the tabernacle and the altar to look like when Moses and friends were, were trudging around in the, in the desert. Again, Kate says this week she was occupied with Moses, but she didn't know where we were going. And it's just amazing how God just confirmed for me, that was for my sake, not yours, but it was great confirmation. But, but if you look at this picture, so this is on the top left-hand side, you, you'll see the tabernacle and that God gave Moses a specific design of how to build it. And then outside of that tent, There's an altar, there's a basin for washing up. And then around that whole structure, around that courtyard, there is another wall of cloth that they put up. The thing I want to point out, and I'm going to read some scripture because this is all based on scripture, but what I want to point out is there is a man at the right-hand side and then there is a gate made of cloth. And then there's the altar with the man doing sacrifices. And then, and then further on, there's another cloth veil or curtain. And then further on, within, halfway in, or just over halfway in the tent, you'll see there's another purple curtain. And this morning, sitting in this room, there are people stuck on the outside of the first gate. There are people stuck outside of the second gate. And there are people stuck outside of the third gate. And what we sang this morning is we're all welcome to be in the most holy place. And that is what Jesus wants to do this morning. He wants to take you from where you are to where he is. So that you can look at him face to face. And this is coming out of... Um, Hebrews chapter 9. We're not going to go there on the screen. We're just going to leave this picture up. And it says, it talks about the, the earthly holy place. And it says, now even the first covenant had regulations for worship and an earthly place of holiness. For a tent was prepared, the first section in which were the lampstand and the table and the bread of the presence. It was called the holy place. Ryan, we can go to the next one. You'll see that there. So, the part on the right, that is the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a second section called the most holy place, having the golden altar of incense and the ark of the covenant covered on all sides with gold, in which was a golden urn holding the manna, an Aaron's staff that budded, and the tab- uh, tablets of the covenant. Above it were the cherubim of glory, overshadowing the mercy seat. And then it goes on to talk about what was done here. But this, I'm going to jump to it later, but this is a representation of something in heaven. And it says here, these preparations have thus been made. The priests go regularly into the first section, performing their ritual duties. But into the second only the high priest goes, and he but once a year, and not without taking blood, which he offers for himself and for the unintentional sins of the people. By this, the Holy Spirit indicates that the way into the holy places is not yet open. So this is how it was done way back in the day. But then it talks about, I'm going further on in Hebrews. This is all in Hebrews chapter 9. But then it goes further on in Hebrews chapter 9 and it says this. And now it's talking about Jesus. So first it talks about what was happening. And and before, if you read Hebrews, before we get to chapter 9, the writer of Hebrews takes a lot of time to explain over and over that Jesus was that high priest. And then he talks about, and he references his tent, and he talks about the high priest going into the most holy place. And then he says this of Jesus. For Jesus did not enter into a holy place made with human hands, which was only a copy of the true one in heaven. He entered into heaven itself to appear now before God on our behalf. That's where he is right now. We get, we get confused as humans because, you know, we wonder, like, where is Jesus and what's He doing? He is there with the Father. Why is He there? He's petitioning for you. He's petitioning for what you did yesterday. He's petitioning for what you're doing right now. And He's petitioning for what you're going to do tomorrow. Because God knows everything. That's why His sacrifice is sufficient. It wasn't was sufficient. It is sufficient. So he entered into heaven itself to appear now before God on our behalf. And he did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again like the high priest here on earth who enters the most holy place year after year with the blood of an animal. If that had been necessary, Jesus would have had to die again and again ever since the world began. And there's a subtle reference there that the Holy Spirit brings. Because at one point, Paul writes, and he says, if you walk away from the faith, you're putting Jesus back on the cross. Don't do that. It's not your place to do that. Because what he did is done for today and forever. We never have to wonder if what we've done is too bad. We never have to doubt that I'm the one person in this room that Jesus didn't have a plan for. But now, once for all time, he has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice. And just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment, so also Jesus was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again. We sang about that this morning as well. He is coming back, but not to deal with your sin, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for Him. And we had the honor and the privilege recently of celebrating my eldest son's baptism. And it's a bit of a funny story, but it all started last year with the gathering. We were all meeting um, in Paro at the Lighthouse Church, and Andrew Selye was talking about what's happening in Israel, and he was talking about how these are the signs of the times, And how time is short and Jesus is coming back. And as he was coming into land, he was talking about, are you ready? And over and over in scripture it says, are you ready? If you spend any time with my son, you'll realize that my son has this beautiful ability to express himself very passionately. And so in the middle of every adult sitting there, weighing it up, weighing up the burden, just asking themselves, am I ready? He didn't do it quietly. He turned to my wife and he says, Mom, I'm not ready! In front of 2,000 of his closest friends. And it was this beautiful moment. We drove home that night and we sat in the kitchen And we spoke, and we spoke, and we spoke. And soon after that, we started asking him, what now? And he said then, I I want to get baptized. And we grilled him. (laughs) We didn't give him an easy time. We're like, are you sure? Why? What's your reason? What does this mean for you? I mean, in the inside, as a parent, you're like... On the outside, you're like, no, no, you're not ready. You're not ready. And then, I think it was last Sunday, we invited a few people over, and I threw them in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> and there's that sense of, are we eagerly waiting? Or there's there still things that need to be done? Because there's nothing that Jesus needs you to do. You know, when the, when the Father says, Scripture says, even he doesn't know when he's coming back. But when the Father turns to him and says, my son, it's time, go back. Go fetch my people. He's not going to look down and be like, "Um." but Rian's still busy, like, changing the engine on his bike. <laughs> he's going to be like, done, let's go. Because he's ready. And he's eager. And we should be Likewise. And the only thing that can hold us back from that eagerness is a man-made veil. Because if we look, we can go to Mark chapter 15. This is talking about Jesus. And this is talking about when Jesus, had the, when Jesus sacrificed himself. Remember, it wasn't Satan's plan that he went to the cross. It wasn't the the leader's plan or the people's plan or the Romans' plan. It was God's plan that he would go to the cross. And as he surrendered himself to the Father, it says in Mark chapter 15, verse 38, And the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Not as a man would tear from the bottom up, but as God would tear from the top down. Forever. When Jesus said, It is finished, he wasn't just talking about the cross, he was talking about the veil. It's gone, it's over. But we in our insecurities, we go back, we dig through the rubble, we go and find the veil, we go and find the curtain, we get out our sewing kit, and we sew it closed again. Because Jesus, you're holy. What did Peter say? I can't be with you. I'll go, he didn't say get out of my boat because they were in the middle of the ocean or the lake or whatever. But he's like, when we get back, get off and leave me alone. I'm not worthy. And Jesus' response was, I know. But come with me anyway. I'm going to make you fisher of men. So if you're sitting here this morning and you're like, but I've done stuff. I'm doing stuff even today. I'm disqualified. You're not not by jesus not by satan only you can do that because the bible says only you can take yourself out of god's hand he has a plan for every single one of you and you can choose it because the the veil is gone it's cool if the veil is gone, what does that mean? And this is why I loved worship this morning, because it was just this prophetic expression of what was about to happen up on the other screen. So we can jump to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. This is what happens now. Am I in the wrong place? Sorry, 19. 19 to 25. Did I not? Got it written in bold next to it, key scripture. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> so let's put that one up, Hebrews ten nineteen to twenty five. So we will all be tested in the Lord, even you, Ryan. <laughs> there we go. It says, therefore. So something, if you've met Dion Delport. He's one, of my, he's one of my people that I look up to. Um, he's an elder in Seapoint in Congregation now. But, but he taught me how to read my Bible properly. So I'll give you a quick lesson out of the Bible. It's basic English. When you see a sentence starting with therefore, go back. Because there is something before the therefore. But it's all we've been talking about. The veil is torn. Jesus came as the high priest. He died for us. And therefore, brothers, and in some translations, sisters, since we have have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. We can keep going. Is there more? Otherwise I can read it. Um, And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope, our anchor that we spoke about, without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as we see the day of Jesus' return drawing have you ever had that thought if I was stuck on a desert island anybody in a corporate job you've been asked this a million times you're stuck on a desert island what five things do you take with you but a slightly different question you're stuck on a desert island what five scriptures do you take with you what fuels you what gets you excited How's about this one? Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence, and I added this, to boldly enter. And then what do we sing this morning? We enter your gates with thanksgiving. Wasn't planned. I'm looking for the shake of the heads because you guys don't know me. So when I say it was not planned, it's not planned. Believe him. (laughs) This is... Is what it is to be a Christian. There's no rule. There's minimal structure. There's just Jesus. And then in His grace, He says there, do not forsake the gathering of the saints. That's not because it's a religion. That's because if you're anything like me, I suck on my own. Much better together. And God built us. He knows what we're like on our own. So he wants to meet us one-on-one, but he wants to be together with us. We're designed to be together. We will spend eternity together. We don't all get our own cloud. We'll be together. And so... In landing that is the freedom that Jesus is offering the freedom of relationship the freedom of love not conditional on how you do life but conditional on how he did life and did death on your behalf and once you do that as you enter in like any good friendship As you spend time with Him, the more time you spend with Him, the more you're going to be like Him. He won't leave you where you are. He'll bring you to where He is. And there was something, somebody said something about a holy nation this morning. Rion, it might have been you. I can't remember. But it's in there. It's in my scriptures. 1 Peter 2. We're not going to jump there. But it just says, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. A people for his own possession. And so I wanted to ask, maybe we can close our eyes. And I don't know, Rion, you must say where you want to go to from here, but you're good. But I wanted to start with that picture that we had in the beginning. And it was that picture of the tabernacle, of the courtyard, and of the man standing on the outside. I want to ask this morning, it's with eyes closed, and the eyes are closed for your sake. But I'm, I'm looking, and I'm asking, and I did see there were a few visitors this morning. But I have no idea where any of you are. But, but God does. And so I wanted to ask, if, if you are here this morning, and you've got that sense of, I'm on the outside looking in. I'm tired of being on the outside looking in. It's lonely on the outside looking in. And I've come here this morning, and I maybe you didn't even know why you came here this morning. But while I was here, there's something in my heart that is offering me something different. And maybe you've come here this morning with a friend or a family member. Maybe you came here reluctantly or because you just were tired of being asked, so you just did it. But you're sitting here and you're suddenly realizing, my life isn't where it should be. I'm on the outside and I don't have to be. If that's you this morning, and you want to put up, you want to just say, here I am, God. Don't, don't know, maybe you don't know him. Maybe you knew him before. You're saying, God, I need relationship. I need something that's missing in my life right now. And God is reaching out his hand. As he's faithful to do. He's saying, will you reach out your hand to me? if that's you this morning if you if you aren't currently in a relationship with Jesus but you want to be maybe you're scared but there's something in you that says I want to be will you put up your hand for me to see it's a way of just putting up your hand to Jesus to say I'm here as he reaches out his hand to you I don't want to rush it Is there anybody here this morning? God is sufficient for wherever you're at. You don't need to bring anything. You don't need to do anything. You just have to be with Him. Is there anyone? And I'm gonna trust that this room is full of people that know him or are about to know him after the service ends when they speak to somebody. But I wanna ask another group. And there's two groups here that I wanna speak to. You're in relationship with God. You love Jesus. But this morning, something's been on your heart and you've suddenly realized that your version of Christianity is dependent on you doing the right thing and working it out yourself. And you're growing tired of constantly having to do the right thing to make God happy. That's the first group. That you're just feeling In your own strength and you're tired of working in your own strength and then there's a second group and this is the group that's made it into the most holy but like it said in scripture where the where the high priest had to go in every year with a new sacrifice and the scripture said but I've done it for you Jesus has done it for you you don't have to go in with the perfect sacrifice anymore and there are people here this morning And you're stuck in pressure. You're stuck in the sense that I'm being watched. And if I don't always have the perfect reaction, if I don't always do the perfect thing, I'm going to be cut off. I'm going to be disavowed and let go. And I want to ask, if that's you this morning, either of those, you're wary and you're tired of of fighting for for good works, or you just feel like your next wrong step is your last. If that's you, can you stand with me? Thank you. Thank you. Don't be shy. This is the step to freedom. This is what freedom looks like. You see the Bible says in 1 John 1 if you have fellowship with him you're in the light. And that's what this is. This is an opportunity to be with him in perfect light. Someone ask again, is there anybody else that wants to respond to Jesus? Thank you. Thank you. Can we all pray together? You can stay standing. This is your your moment with God. We're not going to lay on hands or anything because this is you and God. But Let's all keep our eyes closed. You can all pray after me. Thank you, Father, that you love me, that you sent your Son to die for me, so that I could gaze upon you more than Moses could more than Joshua could more than David could there is full freedom for me to be with you can you help me to hold on to that freedom with both hands Today, I choose you. I lay down my burdens of effort, of strength, of religion, of looking good, and I receive your freedom. Even if it gets messy. I love you, God everything I have help me to give it to you in Jesus name Amen
1: thank you Ian sure yeah I don't know if you have a roast at home waiting for you when you get there but if you're like us we don't uh, but we'll definitely be chewing on this word, um, um, and it's a wonderful word. I love, I love the fact that it's freedom in His presence, His fullness of joy. Isn't that cool? When you meet Christians, like, yes, see, these guys are a bunch of friendly guys. You know, generally that's the thing. I mean, if you walk away otherwise, you're like, is this guy even saved? Um, but you know, because when we spend time. When we spend time with Jesus and with one another. I don't know how often you get away like, you yes, see, this just just lifts me up. It's like wings, you know, wind in my wings, wind in my sails. So where we go from this place today and tomorrow and let's just be filled with Jesus. I know life is full and life is rough. But we heard it today. There's no reason we cannot enter boldly. So Ian, thank you so much. Thank you for for seeking God for us. Thank you for the prophetic word right in the beginning. Thank you for the faithful, you know, for uh, Kate, for sharing my lane and others. And I know you're probably sitting there like, oh man, God gave me something (laughs) too. If it's you, just come and bring it.